I'm not, I did one of these bold things. I don't know if you've ever done this. Lord, I'm not leaving here until I hear from you, you know. And, and I've never heard an audible voice of God, but I really felt the Spirit going, I've already told you once to go. What else do you need? Okay, amen, right? <laughs> and we decided to go. And what happened over those next couple of weeks were some of the most life-changing things in the world. But there were still a lot of people who were telling me, Travis, this is what someone in the church told me. Hey, look, it's just like Abraham and Isaac. You are willing to lay down. You're willing to go to that country. But God's saying you don't have to go now. Don't waste your summer. Don't waste your opportunities. Don't do this. And deep down, I knew what God was calling me to do. And, and here's what I, I was realizing about the people who wanted me to do something different is that too many believers are giving their best away to lesser pursuits. Too many believers are giving their best away to lesser pursuits. Whatever it is, if it's a hobby, if it's a sport, if it's academics, if it's what, all those things are good things, by the way. Even certain relationships, some of those can be good. But some of us are giving leftovers to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And today I want to introduce you to a woman in Scripture who would have nothing of that in Mark chapter 14. Let me start reading in verse 1. It says, it was now two days before the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to arrest him by stealth and kill him. For they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar from the people. And while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at the table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, why was this ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you. And whenever you want, you can do good for them. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed to the whole world... What she has done will be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. And he sought an opportunity to betray him. Now this is remarkable to me when you look at what happens here. That all of a sudden the, the gospel writer Mark puts two people in a characteristic to show you the difference here. One is this woman, uh, Mary, who's going to come and literally lay down a life savings and break it over him and anoint Jesus with a very, very costly perfume that literally was a life savings worth. And she breaks this little vase, this um, alabaster box. And guess what happens when you break something like that? You're not getting it back in. When it's broken, it's over. She is using it for this purpose and that purpose alone. And the, the perfume just absolutely overwhelms the house. And the other side, you have this person named Judas who is not wanting to give something to Jesus. He's wanting to what? Take something. Did you notice that this was the moment when Judas decided this is the point that I'm leaving? Why? Because Judas was the treasurer of the disciples. Did you know that? And it was told us that sometimes Judas would actually take some of the money that people had given Jesus and the disciples and take some for himself. And all of a sudden when Jesus commends this woman who gives everything away, he goes, I'm out. I'm not doing this anymore. Because I think Judas was following Jesus based on what he got out of it. And at this point, he goes, I, I, I can't do this. I can't follow anymore. And so you, you see in the beginning of those first couple of verses, these religious leaders are afraid to do something because of the crowd. Judas is upset about what other people in the crowd are going to do. And there's only one person who really could care less, and that's this woman named Mary. Listen, you will never give Jesus an adequate response if you are worried about the approval of the crowd. 
Nobody here in this room, if you were truly going to follow Jesus, are ever going to get to that place where you can really follow him if you were concerned about what everybody else is doing, including the people that you came to camp with. If you're worried about what everybody else thinks, you're never going to give it away. You're never going to use your life in the story of restoration for this world. And so with this, not only does she break this, it's very costly. She pours it over his head. And what does he say? She's preparing me for my burial. And everybody goes, what are you talking about your burial, Jesus? She was so spiritually in tune, she knew what was coming. And yet when the other women are going to come after Jesus dies, guess what they don't have time to do? To anoint his body with perfume. Why? Because he's already alive again. And yet she in this moment has this opportunity to do something incredible for him. In fact, I love this, when it says, verse 9, And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Can I just tell you, isn't that awesome that that happened in Jerusalem about 2,000 years ago, and we are in Lynchburg, Virginia, talking about her. Was Jesus' words correct? Yep, apparently. You guys on the mission future, some of you are going to go to mission sites today, and you're going to have this lady in the back of your mind going, and you're going to proclaim the gospel. And wherever we go in the world, this lady is remembered. Why? Because she gave it all. She didn't hold anything back with her own life. Because halfway efforts never make worldwide impacts. There's plenty of people who are giving halfway to Jesus. There are plenty of people who are watered down. There are plenty of people who want to play church. But someone who's going to make a difference is not someone who does it halfway. Never. It's those people who say, I'm not going to follow Jesus. Like what's mentioned when Jesus goes to the cross, one of the most haunting phrases in the Bible to me is it says, and Peter followed him at a distance. And I believe that many of us do the same thing. Here it is that he says, wherever we go, wherever it happens, this is going to be told of her. Let me just tell you something. That lady that day, she could have kept that money and spent it on a whole lot of other stuff. Saved it for herself. And in fact, a lot of people would say that had been wise for her to do, but instead she said, I think this is a better use of this, my life savings. Pour this out on Jesus to be able to say, he is my greatest treasure in this world. Can I just tell you that for, for most of my life, I have struggled with this idea of, am I wanting to be remembered or am I wanting to someone to point a spotlight on the person of Jesus? I don't know every single person in this room, you want to make a difference, you want to make an impact, you want people to recognize you for what you've done. But here are the two scenarios that all of us have in our own life, and we're going to unpack this throughout the entire day here today, that I can either play the leading role in my earthly kingdom or a supporting role in God's heavenly kingdom. Those are the two options. You can be the main character in an earthly kingdom that will last for a few decades, and then it's gone. Or you can decide that you're going to give everything away, lay your life down, and you can live for something which outlives you. You can live for something that outlives you. Can I tell you right now, this week, seeing some of the transformation that's happened and we've been able to go at camp, there are people who have prayed for you that you don't even know about. There are people who have prayed for me that literally, literally died seven years ago, but yet would pray for moments like these in my life that I would be able to share the gospel clearly for you. And even though they're dead, their ministry still lives on. Even though they're dead. And I'm saying, for so much of us, it's not just collecting as much stuff as we can on this earth. It's going, I'm either going to be the lead person following uh, in my own kingdom, leading it out, or am I going to follow him and be that supporting role? And I believe that there are two types of followers of Jesus, those who want Jesus and those who want Je what Jesus can give. 
This one woman, she wanted Jesus. She wanted to be able to lay everything before him. Judas wanted what Jesus could give. And as soon as Jesus is telling everybody, hey, she did a good thing, he's like, I'm out. I'm not following this person anymore. So the question is this today, where, which one are you? Are you someone who says, I want Jesus or I want what Jesus can give? He is on a plan to restore the world. And the question is this, are you going to be in it? So that, that trip that I mentioned when I was going to Southeast Asia, uh, when we finally got there, uh, our 10 guys, we got on the mission field and we, we learned very early. Our missionary told us this, whatever you do, do not tell anyone you're a missionary. If anyone asks you a Christian, you tell them, what are you talking about? If they say you're a missionary, you tell them no. I just thought that's kind of odd. And they said, you got to understand, if you say the name Jesus to someone under the age of 18, you can be arrested. If you go a little bit further, worse things can happen. So you have to be very, very careful here. And they said, and also the police will send in people as, as literally spies. And when they see Americans, they're going to come up to you and say, are you a missionary? And if you say yes, the police are going to come out of the alleyway. They're going to arrest you and we don't know what will happen to you. So one night when a group of my team were going out on the streets and we were going along telling people once again over and over and over, the way that you would say hello in this country, this is China by the way, is ni hao. I want you to get a little practice here and say ni hao. See, some of y'all said that good, but we had a bunch of country boys on our team and it sounded like this, ni hao, he he he. That's the way it sounded, right? Just really, really bad. And so they would go down the road and just say, ni hao, ni hao, ni, you know, whatever. And, and all of a sudden, one day, there's this one girl that came up, and she, she had met them on the road, and she came running back, and she said, hello. And she goes, hey, goes, you're Christians, aren't you? You're Christians, aren't you? And she's got really good English, and they said, what are you talking about, crazy lady, right? And he goes, you're Christians. I can tell it by your smile. Do not lie to me. And they were like, what do you mean? What do you mean? And, and, and all of a sudden, the story goes, I'll, I'll make shorten this really quick for you. She had been a Christian for a while, and she'd been praying that God would send her someone from America to teach her the Bible. And she's, and so I'm sitting there in my room having my dinner, which was fried chicken feet on a stick, and I'm waiting to go to bed. And all of a sudden, this door, you know, somebody knocks on my door, and they said, Travis, we've, we've got this uh, lady named Amy. Her English name is Amy, and uh, she, she said that she's been praying for us to come. And I said, okay. And so I go meet Amy, and she says, Travis, she goes, you are the, you are the leader? And I said, well, what kind of? She goes, I have been praying for, to God that he would send me someone from the great United States of America to teach me to be a better Christian. And, I, and she goes, you are the answer to my prayers. And I said, okay, well, that's great. What do you need to be taught? She goes, well, I've only been a Christian for six months, and I've only led 60 people to the Lord. Can you teach me to do better? Oh, well, Yeah. <laughs> I, wait, I don't think you understand the numbers exactly. It sounded like you've been a Christian for six months and you've only led 60 people to the Lord. She goes, I know I'm so ashamed. Okay. So that night she called a bunch of people over to the house and she said, can I bring over some brothers and sisters? And she kept calling people and the room kept getting bigger. And I looked at my neighbor and I said, what is this, the Chinese Duggars? Right, like just so many people kept coming in and and then all of a sudden, uh, she says, I want to call some people who aren't our Christian brothers and sisters. It was Christians and non-Christians alike. And that day, I was able to share the gospel, and I was able to do all kinds of stuff. And, and what was amazing that day is she asked me, in front of about 30 people, uh, I had left the room and came back in. And I thought, okay, well, what's going to happen here? And I walked back in the room. All my team is gone. And I come into my hotel room. There's literally 30 Chinese people that sent there going. <laughs> the only thing I knew how to say was, me how? You know, like, <laughs> Well, she asked me in front of all these people, she says, Travis, she said, is, um, is Amy, a, is it in the Bible? Is that name in the Bible? And I said, I don't think it is. She goes, well, I want a Bible name and I want it now. You give it to me. 
And I said, uh, okay, I, I, I've always liked Naomi. And she goes, Naomi, that is my name. From now on, call me Naomi. She's telling all her friends. And then this is what happened next. Everybody goes, ooh, give me a Bible name too. Give me a Bible name. So I start going, you shall be David, and thou shall be Sarah, and you are forever now. If you ever get to rename a whole Chinese village sometime, do it. It's awesome. So I renamed everybody in the village, renamed everybody. And then all of a sudden, uh, we begin to teach the word. We begin to pray. We begin to share the gospel with their friends. We worship in two languages. And man, it sounded like heaven. A few days later, she takes us to the airport. We're getting on the plane in a place where, once again, it is illegal to say the name of Jesus to people under the age of 18, where they rip out pages of the Bible, where they kill Christians in that country. And I'm sitting there with our missionary who's about to take us on the, to get us to the airport. And we're sitting there. We all caravan together. We're sitting there waiting to go on our gate. And the missionary pulls me to the side and says, you've got to tell your friend to watch out. And I look over there, and there is Naomi in the middle of a bunch of communist guards with a gun just preaching Jesus, which is passionately. She's giving him the gospel, and she's just going for it, and she's, I'm going, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, and he says, I gotta go. And I go over there, and I grab Naomi, and I said, Naomi, I said, you understand if you go up this path, what this is gonna mean for you, don't you? Naomi, you're not gonna be a lot long, around for a lot longer if you continue this. And she goes, my Jesus died for me, will I not live for him? I said, Naomi, you asked me to teach you the Bible. I think this has gotten reversed. And I got on that plane to take the day-long trip back to the States. And all I kept thinking in the plane was, what's wrong with me? Like, why has she been a Christian for six months and she can't help it? And why have I been a Christian now for about 10 years and I've gotten stagnant? Somewhere over the Pacific Ocean, it hit me. Naomi hadn't gotten over what Jesus had done for her yet. And she just refused to. I don't know where she is today. I would not be surprised if she's not dead. And yet she is in the joy of her master. And here's what I'm just begging you folks today. You can be after Jesus for what you can get, and you can be like Judas. And as soon as you get that opportunity to take, and he's not going to bless you like that, you walk away. Or you can be like Mary and say, I give him everything. I give him everything to be a part of what he's doing in this world. Lord, use me. And so, Father, today I ask, it's our last full day of camp, and you have done so much in these days. But I am asking over this next 24 hours, would you open up our eyes to this wonderful, magnificent, glorious, overarching work that you are doing for the kingdom of God and that we would desire to be a part of it. Don't let us be like Judas, trying to make it all about us. Let's be like Mary, giving everything away and realizing you are worth every bit of it. In the name of Jesus, we pray and all God's people said. Thank you.